0: I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This episode has been sponsored by Bookhampton. As the premier independent bookstore in the Hamptons, Bookhampton has a highly curated selection of books for readers of all ages, unique one-of-a-kind gifts, and exciting author events. Browse their fabulous staff suggestions online at bookhampton.com. I'm thrilled to be interviewing Greer Hendricks and Sarah Pekkanen today on their publication day of An Anonymous Girl. Greer is the co-author of An Anonymous Girl and The Wife Between Us, both of which she wrote with Sarah Pekkanen. Formerly an editor at Simon & Schuster for 20 years, Greer has written for the New York Times, Allure, Publishers Weekly, and other publications. She received her master's degree in journalism from Columbia University. Greer lives in Manhattan with her husband and two children. Sarah Pekkanen is not only the co-author of An Anonymous Girl and The Wife Between Us with Greer Hendricks, but she has written eight other novels, seven of which Greer edited. A former Capitol Hill journalist, Baltimore Sun reporter, Bethesda Magazine contributor, and on-air correspondent at E! Entertainment Network, Sarah lives with her three sons in a suburb of Washington, D.C. Okay, welcome to Greer and Sarah. Thank you both so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thank you so much for having us.
1: We're super excited to be on here.
0: So Greer is here with me, and Sarah is on the phone, right, Sarah? Yes, in the car (laughs) on the way to New York. (laughs) Awesome. (gasps) So can the two of you tell listeners what your latest book, An Anonymous Girl, is about?
1: Sure. I'm going to I think I'm going to do a little more of the heavy lifting and talking just because I'm sitting here nestled next to you. So, Anonymous Girl is the story of Jessica Ferris, who's a makeup artist in her late 20s in New York City kind of struggling to make it as a lot of young women are. And she hears about this psychology study that's being offered at NYU and she sneaks into it, thinking she'll make some easy cash, and it'll be kind of like a Myers-Briggs, you know, answer a few questions. And then she walks into NYU, and she sits down in front of this computer screen, and these questions start to creep across the screen. And it seems as if the psychiatrist conducting the study knows what she's thinking and knows what she's hiding. But she gets lured into this study, and then the psychiatrist says to her, would you like to take it to the next level and do some real life morality and ethics experiments. And then it kind of goes from there. And that's when Sarah and I usually say, Bom bum bum.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so how did you guys come up with this idea?
1: So, you know, on the heels of our first book, The Wife Between Us, it was really important to us that we have a follow up that was as strong. And so we spent really months talking about what we wanted to write about. And some of the key elements that we knew, we wanted there to be a real immediacy to the story, which is why we chose to write sections of it in the second person. And we, we felt, hope hopefully, people will agree, brings in the really brings in the reader and that you feel that you're answering the morality and ethics questions that Jessica is answering as well. So that was one thing. We are both We had both studied psychology, and so we have a deep interest in that. And so some of the really fun parts of the book were sort of researching those psychology experiments and psychological theories behind it. Yeah, I would say those are like basically the two key elements that we wanted to explore. We wanted the book to be basically same, better, different. You know, it's not a follow-up to the last book, but if you've read both, you know that there's kind of that similar like page-turning quality and, you know, relatable female protagonists sort of in, in, you know, in, in distress
0: and conquering things. That's awesome. I'd love the second person element to it. Oh,
2: good. Yeah, i just add to, to what Greer said. I think, you know, when it comes to our ideas, what we really do is, as Greer said, like we spend months talking for hours every single day. We're sending each other newspaper articles, clippings, photographs of, you know, somebody saying, does this look like, you know, our main character? Does this look like Jessica or Dr. Shields? so we spend those months talking every single day for hours and hours. And, you know, we generally just amass sort of a big file of of the ideas we want to incorporate into the book. And then we go, you know, we outline some characters, we, we talk more about the plot, but it really is a very slow building process.
1: Yeah, our favorite two words are what if, what if this, what if that. And then we we do egg each other on a bit when you say, Sarah, like the crazier, the better. I'm like, oh, I got chills. That's good. And then let's add to that crazy subplot. (laughs) Absolutely. So
0: how did you two first meet? How did you meet? And then how did you end up working together? So
1: prior to becoming a writer, I was a book editor for 20 years at Simon & Schuster. And one day, a literary agent, Victoria Sanders, sent me a debut, by a woman named Sarah Pekkanen. And I read it in one sitting and I loved it. I was at a point in my career where I was looking for, like I joked, like marriage is not one night stands. I wanted long-term relationships with my authors. And so Victoria brought Sarah around because I wasn't the only editor in town who was interested in her book. And Sarah and I immediately hit it off and I persevered and acquired her debut. And we worked together as an author-editor team for seven books, right Sarah? Yeah. And then I decided to leave corporate publishing. Publishing. I just wanted to try something new. And in the back of my mind, I wanted to write, but I wasn't really telling anybody. But over over our time together, Sarah and I had, had discovered we had a number of uncanny similarities. So we both had studied psychology and journalism. We both had played field talking in high school. We were both terrible cooks. We both have <laughs> brothers that we're really close to, who are both named Robert. So we had just developed a friendship that I was close with a lot of my authors, but what Sarah and I had was really special. So I I confessed my secret to her that I wanted to write. And
2: Sarah, what did you say? I said, hey, let's write a book together. It was a totally spontaneous, impulsive thought. But, um, you know, from my background, I had done everything from wire service reporting to newspaper writing to magazine writing To short stories, to novels. I had been playing around with screenplays in my spare time. And, you know, I loved Greer. I loved working with her. And I didn't want to lose our collaborative relationship or our friendship. And I was also eager to do something a little bit different. So the timing, I think, it just worked out beautifully for both of us.
1: Yeah. So at first I I paused because I thought, why does she want to write a book with me? She's written, you know, all these books on her own. And I had this idea that maybe I should try to do this alone. And then I thought, this is crazy. I've I've written a couple of articles. I've edited hundreds of books, but I've never written a book. I have no idea what I'm doing. This could be like a master class in learning how to write. So
2: so, <laughs> and so. I felt like I was the lucky one. I'm getting to work with Greer, so that's
1: it. It's like a really great marriage. We're kind of sick together. Oh, wait, I've got to show Zibby. I'm showing Zibby our necklace. Sorry, people who can't see this online, but I had these made for us. The Aww. first one represents the first book, Colors, oh my and gosh. then there's a second book, and it's our forever friendship, and that Aww. I'm never
2: letting her go, so. No. Oh, oh no. yeah, these um, Greer surprised me with this necklace. It's a gold chain, and there's a circle that's gold, and that represents, you know, the circle of, you know, forever friendship, and then There's a little blue stone in the circle that matches the cover of the White Between Us. And a few weeks ago, she gave me another Aww. beautiful gold circle with a red stone that matches the cover of an Anonymous Girl. Oh, that's
0: so yeah, great. It's I sweet. can't wait to see, like, over the years, this necklace will oh. become so heavy, like, your neck won't be able to. That's <laughs> the dream from your mouth, from your mouth.
1: So. That's what we want.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's
0: awesome. But so
1: uh, basically I said, I said yes. And then the question for Sarah and I was, well, what are we going to write? And And like Sarah said, she'd been writing – you know, like more like women's fiction for lack of a better word. And that's primarily what I edited. But what we did was we both went to our bookshelves and we took down all of our favorite books from the past few years. And Sarah's in d c, and I'm here in New York. And there was a lot of overlap, and certain themes emerged. And we realized most of the books that we really liked, they were psychological nature um with strong female protagonists. And we pretty early on, figured that we want we wanted to write a psychological thriller um, and then the question for us became well how are we going to do this and we really hadn't thought about the logistics which I think was actually a good thing because we may have, or maybe I might have gotten a little nervous about how are we going to do this. But we decided to first, our first meeting was in New York City, and we wrote these 15, 20 horrible pages side by <laughs> side. I mean, they're so bad. We found them last year, and, and we thought they were brilliant, but they were really bad. But But we knew we couldn't sit side by side every day because of our, you know, geographical distance. So my daughter, who was, I think, 13 at the time, said, hey, mom, there's this newfangled technology called, you know, Google Docs and Google Hangout, which embarrassingly, we didn't really know much about. So she set us up and so that's how Sarah and I work. So every day when our kids go off to school, Sarah has three boys and I have two kids. We, like, Sit down at our respective desks at around nine o'clock, and we work until four. And what's particularly great about that is that there's an accountability. You know, I, I think if I was alone in my apartment, I'd get up, I'd do some laundry, I'd have another cup of coffee, I'd go. You know, I just would get really distracted. But when you're on the phone with someone, you can't check Facebook or Instagram or go. You, you're you're really you're in it, and I think that that's been really has contributed to our productivity. Don't you think, Sarah?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and we work straight from nine to four. We, at this point, are pretty much eating lunch on the phone while we're working. I'll say to, you know, I'll hear a crunch and say to Greer, oh, you're opening your seaweed. It's 11 o'clock. I I know your (laughs) schedule so well. But we also, in the off hours, you know, we both get up super early, so that's when we go into the document individually and do little tweaks in suggested mode, you know word changes, you know maybe do a little bit of individual writing. But yeah, it just it somehow it works out beautifully. And because we are both moms, you know, working moms, as all moms are, you know, we understand that occasionally, you know, a kid's going to be homesick, and we're going to have to work around that and take a 10-minute break. Well, you know, you go tend to your sick kid, or there's a dog barking in the background. Hey,
1: I don't, think, don't, don't know, throw our- <laughs> Cooper under the bus. That's my dog, usually.
2: <laughs> well, now I have a dog who barks. Yeah. I used to have an old lab who was deaf and never barked, and now I have a little dog who who's more of a barker. But yeah, I think it just works all of our similarities just pay off. Like we really get, you know, the other one on so many different levels. And, and I think there is 100% support that we both feel. And our writing is a very safe place where we say there are no bad ideas. And then we throw out a hundred bad ideas and we laugh about them. But like, we're laughing together, yeah. you know, where we're, it really is a rare thing, I think, what we have. Except that I know when I'm going down a bad
1: track because here's Sarah, I'm going to, she'll say, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm like, that means, uh, like,
0: yeah, okay.
2: Well, Maybe go into, a different, go into a different way. And Greer gets really quiet. So I'm like, after she gets quiet, I'm like, hello, are you still there? She's like, I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, she's thinking good or bad, good <laughs> or bad. It's like, you know, Jeopardy, waiting for the answer. But we also, the other thing we do
1: continue to do is get together in, we used to meet in each other's cities for one night, and now we meet in Philly for two nights. And that's where we try to do a lot of our plotting or, just, I don't know, at this point, writing, whatever it is that we're doing. And usually the person, one person will bring like giant post-its and we whiteboard and stick them all over the walls. And this is where one of our differences comes out because Sarah likes it like messy, like Carrie Matheson in Homeland. It's like a crazy person. People can't see, but I'm twirling my finger around my ears. (laughs) I'm going around like straightening up up behind her because I'm like, I can't concentrate like with Sarah. So yeah, so that we try to do like our plotting. And then Sarah, do you want to tell the story about your big mistake in the hotel oh, that was in
2: God. that was in DC. Oh yeah, that we never have enough time. Like we could be, you know, working together for, you know, one day for 5 days, whatever it is. Like we're we're always kind of working right up to the last minute. So Greer had come to DC. This was before our Philly trips when we would take turns visiting each other's cities for a night. And we had homelanded the walls and you know, I had it very messy, it was wonderful, all kinds of, you know, things all over the wall. And and because we write psychological thrillers. You know, there are, there are some words up there like, you know, knife or gun or, you know, whatever it was. I think there was a word I'm not going to You can't it, say it on this it, podcast. It's it <laughs> a family show. I mean. But my job, because Greer was throwing things in her suitcase and, and racing to make her train, was to take down the Post-Its. And I always photograph them, so I'll have, you know, a record of them if something happens. But, you know, we got distracted by something, who knows what, <laughs> and the Post-Its remained on the wall of Greer, Greer's Hotel Room. And, you know, of course, she had checked in under a credit card, her real name. And I could only imagine when the poor cleaning lady came and saw. This crazed, you know, violent, weird homeland <laughs> wall. Like we're still allowed back into B.C. They haven't answered yet, so I think it's okay.
0: Uh, I was, I was waiting for some arrest to happen. No the security that team. That to would happen
2: in our, That would happen in one of our books. Yes, but,
0: exactly.
1: it, but it didn't happen in real life. Thank God. Not yet, anyway. I'm not gambling. with.
0: That's so funny. You guys are so lucky to have found each other for so many reasons. I mean, this is like, we are the friendship, the uh, collaboration.
1: We are grateful for that every day, and we often get really mushy, and we do express a lot of gratitude for each other, because at this point, we are, I mean, we're co-authors, but we're you know, we're business partners as well because we are building a brand and we're very aware of that. And we're also deeply close friends. I mean, we, you know, we say we start writing at nine, but the truth is on some days we, we just have to chat and catch up on things before we even start writing because there might be something, you know, going on and it affects the writing process. Like if you're having an issue with one of your kids Mm -hmm. or, you know, what, you know, whatever, whatever the topic is, you know, it affects the day. So it's important to let the other person sort of know your frame of mind. And, you know, at this point, we really feel like we are, we both don't have sisters. And we feel like we're like sisters to each other. In fact, to the point where we don't look alike in person, but we're a little bit, I feel like we start to look alike, like pets and their owners or something, or like my mom will look at pictures now and she'll do a double take and can't tell us apart at times, which is funny because we really, I don't think anyone would have said that five years ago.
2: No, but I do think we look alike now. We always get the, are you sisters? And part of that is, For some bizarre reason, we show up wearing nearly identical outfits all the time. When we were in Philly, we both had like a gray and black striped sweater and black pants on. We were wearing both like chunky, creamy turtlenecks the previous time in Philly. It's really strange. Even for your trip, Sarah, when I said, this is what I'm going to wear to the launch, and this
1: is what I'm wearing to the TV thing. And you're, you're like, of course. Like she had, she'd literally picked... Black leather pants and a flower dress. Like that's, I mean, the flower dress especially. Like that was.
2: I owned one flower dress. Hilarious. Wow. Yeah. Well, also we should probably tell about the the kind of. Oh, one more thing before I get <sighs> to that. I wanted to just follow up. I mean, I think part of the reason that we do feel so grateful for what we have is that we started a whole new career at the age of fifty. And. I think it was such a big, scary leap for both of us. I mean, Greer, for you to leave corporate publishing. And yeah, I mean, you had a lot of you know freelance editing jobs and consulting and things like that lined up. And I was still writing solo books. So we had like our kind of comfortable space But we left that to take this big leap together and to try to write something new and do something kind of daring and having each other to kind of hold hands with as we did that and then having it really succeed beyond our wildest dreams. I think at this point in our life, we know this is just something we're intensely grateful for and having the support of another woman who is a sister, I think just means so much to both of us.
1: Yeah, we say we're better together. In fact, Sarah got us T-shirts that do say better together because, I mean, I certainly, I mean, Sarah at least had written some books on her own, you know, but I'd never written, I could never have done this on my own. But I think there's a great magical chemistry between us and I don't think it's that common. And our process is unlike any other writing duo I've heard of because most co-authors, they either will write a chapter, send it together, and the other one revises it, or they'll each take a character. But we don't know anybody who is on the phone together All day, literally writing sentence after sentence together. It's unusual.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, Greer, you edited, you know, the Nanny Diaries author for the Nanny Return, yeah. and you know, Liz and Lisa, who write, you know, thrillers now too. And and I think a lot of people have said to us, "Oh, I I couldn't do that. I I'd kill her," you know. Yeah. And we're like, "Oh my god, it makes us closer. Yeah. Like we we can't imagine not doing that."
1: Yeah, I think I would just sit there and I would write a sentence, and it would I I, I would just question myself. You know, every day is this the right plot? Is it sometimes we just decide to make a decision? Is it the right decision or not? We just are weighing. There's someone to say, you know, go for it or like yes, and so we can at least be, you know, moving, moving forward. And the other thing is, if something's yeah. not working, we if it's not working for one of us, then we both say it's not working because if it's wrong for one person, it's probably wrong for other people out there. And it's really important to us that we're both really happy with, you know, the plot twists, the ending, even word choices. I mean, we'll, you know, deliberate, you know, down to a specific word, what's the right, you know, what's the right way. So.
0: And are you doing the same thing? So you're turning, you turned The Wife Between Us into a screenplay. So
1: we're working on it right now. You're working on it now. Okay. Yeah, there's different writing tools for screenplays. So we were held back in the beginning because we couldn't write literally together and we don't know how to do it otherwise. But now we found this program, Writer Duet, and which enables us, it's not quite as seamless as Google Docs, but it enables us to work together. So yeah, so we've written the first act of the screenplay, and we got notes from the studio, and they like it. They wanted some revisions, but they were... Are we allowed to say this, Sarah? Um, I think so. I think we can't name the names um, who
2: have been recently attached, but I think we can say that, yeah. Okay.
1: So it's going well. It's fun. I mean, it's definitely even more of a challenge. If writing a book was a challenge for me, the screenplay is a whole other level. But this is where I think we've got such a great partnership because Sarah is, adventurous isn't the right word. What's the right word? You're impulsive.
2: You're <laughs> impulsive instinctual. Instinctual.
1: All of those things. She's more, and I'm a little more cautious and it's good to have. Yeah. You're more
2: analytical. You're more, you know, but yeah, you're right. These are our differences, but they both work to kind of further, I think what we're doing, right? Hopefully. Seems like it. So far, so good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like running through in my mind, like, which friends can I now write a book with? You know, because it sounds like you need to have so much more fun. Uh, Oh,
2: my gosh. Pick pick a friend carefully. Like, I I don't think I could do this with anybody other than Greer. I mean, but it is just so much more fun to share this with somebody. I mean, like we're touring this month. We're going to what, like 14 cities, Greer? Yeah. And we're going to be together. And, you know, we're going to go jogging around new cities and work on our next book together and have meals together and, and just kind of share in all of this. And so absolutely, yeah, find a... a a perfect friend
1: to do this with. Yeah. And yeah, someone, I mean, and I think it's also someone that you have similar work styles. Like I, I think that that's so key for us that it, that I think someone else might, like if I was with someone who like didn't, was working with someone who didn't have kids, they would never understand when I'm like, I have to leave early to take, you know, Alex for a doctor's appointment or this, you have to have the same kind of, you know, values and And the same level, I would say, of ambition. Because if one person doesn't want whatever it is as much, I think that that would be really, you know, really frustrating. But we just.
2: And the narrative instincts, too. Like we love the same kind of books, and we always have. I don't think either of
1: us have a big ego. So there's never like this battle of, like, you know, I was right on this point or that. We've truly, it's truly like this great marriage where we feel like one person's, like we're rising, we rise together. The better, you know, the better Sarah is, the better I am. And it's just a great partnership.
2: Well, and I think like you said earlier, I could never write this kind of book on my own. You know, absolutely. It takes both of our brains, but you know, we do feel like our brains are one and one equals three. It's not just our combined, you know, brains. Like we, we achieve more, um, you know, I'm not sure I'm not, a, I'm a writer, not a math major, but I <laughs> tried to, to explain that formula. I just came up with I liked but, it. Um, I think it's better together. I think <laughs>
0: it all comes down to better together. That's awesome. So do you, now that you've achieved all of this together and both of your individual careers, do you have advice to other people starting out either in anything else about choosing a collaborator carefully or elements to include in a book or anything sort of more philosophical about I mean, you guys are such experts at this now.
1: Well, I would say in terms of what you choose to write, make sure it is something you really, really love and feel passionate about. Because writing a book, you spend a lot of time, we go through those pages again and again and again. And so it can't just be like this idea that you think is going to sell. It has to be something you really want to dig in and spend however long it takes to write. And then for the co-author, I do think for a collaborator in any business partner, you know, we had known each other. You might say, Sarah, it was impulsive, but we had known each other for seven or eight years by the time you proposed to yeah. me. So <laughs> I think that there that it wasn't as maybe as impulsive as we make it
2: seem. So you right. Right. What about you? That's a good point. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think part of it, there's a little bit of an element of luck. I think, you you know, you need to do your research in terms of, you know, I knew I wanted... Greer as my editor when I was writing my debut novel and I you know I told my agent please you know submit it to Greer which she had been planning to do anyway and that was mainly because I didn't know Greer at all personally but I knew the authors that she worked with you know Jennifer Weiner and Lauren Weisberger and all of these amazing writers that I admired So, you know, I did my research and the fact that we just happened to get along so well personally was, was, I think, luck. But I I would just say one thing in terms of writing, something that helped me tremendously in that, you know, Greer and I are doing now with screenplays is to really break down a book you love. Take out index cards, break down every scene, you know, have one card for every scene. It's when you kind of experience a book as a whole, you get swept up in the story. But if you can kind of break it down analytically and figure out how the author did it, I think that's something that has helped our writing and our
0: plotting. That's good advice. It is gonna okay. be, nice. and so what's coming up next for you guys? So yes, yeah, so
1: we're working on the screenplay, and then Anonymous Girl is gonna be knock on Wood made into a TV series, Ooh. and we're attached to be executive producers. So Excellent. that's yeah, that's so amazing. that's fun. And then we're working on uh, book three, which we can't even tell you the title because we don't have a title, or we have a bunch of bad titles. <laughs> but we're working away, which will be another you know psychological thriller, strong, relatable female protagonist. Page Turner qualities, so yeah, that's what that's what we're doing, and we'll be on tour in January. Look at our websites, everyone out there, go find us on tour, so we can meet you.
0: So awesome! Yeah. Well, congratulations! I'm just so rooting mm-hmm. for the two of you. Thank I feel you. like you're like this uh, ideal couple, oh, yeah. <laughs> ideal friendship, and it's just it's so wonderful to see. It's really. Thank awesome. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having us. Of course. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks
0: for coming on. <laughs> Take care. Bye, Sarah. Okay. Bye. Uh-huh. Bye, guys. See you soon. This episode has been sponsored by Bookhampton, bookhampton bookhampton.com. Thanks to Ryan and Steve at Texture Sound for the audio editing and mixing. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. (laughs)